What is one thing you remember the most about college? That's right, drinking and driving. Behind the wheel of a Wii controller, of course. Mario Kart is overly used as a common drinking game, but still has a touch of nostalgia. At least for the geek kids. So strap into your carts and hold on to your beers. We are going back to memory lane. Hello and welcome everyone to Drink and Geek Out. I am your host Dustin. Alongside of me, kinda is Saf. Virtually alongside me is Keith, who's physically alongside Pale, who's also physically alongside <laughs> Keith. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Uh, today's episode is featuring the Genevieve from Sun King and the brutish behavior from dot and line brewing company which is pretty new mm-hmm. uh, Very. and to go along with our 2020 year of mario uh we are doing our sixth mario themed episode which is mario kart uh fifth if you don't include the game boy episode but i do because you know game boy and mario kind of go hand in hand uh but before we, yeah but before we get to that what do you guys have been drinking lately so last night as recent as last night, I had the Hop Two or Hop Squeeze Two. I guess there's it's the sequel to Hop Squeeze from <laughs> Hoosier Brewing Company. Uh, it's a New England style IPA. I didn't check it in, so because I have another one that I'm saving for a future episode, possibly. Sweet. But I'll probably give it like a four and a half as a spoiler. Nice. Uh, for the beer that we have for this episode, Genevieve, I uh, got it at Sun King. While I was there, I found the King's Reserve can that they had for the barrel-aged donuts. Mm. It's delicious. It's a barrel-aged stout with donut flavoring to it. I gave it a five. It's delicious. So good. Very nice. Well, Pale and I, a few days ago, we went to Fort Wayne's newest brewery. Actually, one of two new breweries that we got. We went to Dot and Line Brewing Company. And it's located in this industrial park. It's the last place you would expect to find a brewery, kind of like how Bird Boy was in the middle of that area, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But apparently these guys were a printing company and an employee came along and said, hey, he's brewing beer on the side. And the owner said, this is good stuff. Why don't you open up a brewery right inside our business? So he did. And it's amazing. We went there, what, two nights ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just beautiful graphic arts because it's a printing company printing their own shirts and everything. It's just it's beautifully designed. Uh, I mean, simple logo. But once you're in there, the colors and everything, it's it's amazing. It's pretty cool. Excited to have them here in Fort Wayne. It feels like it felt like an indie brewery because um, it seems like they've been doing beer beer for like five, ten years. Mm -hmm. Like you go, you walk in and there's like a big ass painting of like one of their beer logos. It was the um, big Kraken. Yeah, big big cracking on the wall. Or as an octopus, then, I couldn't tell. But. Like uh, their beer, their beer menu. They have like little like wooden plaques like painted. Um, each one of them has like a different like theme to the beer. So, um, and I think that's just the printing part mixing with the the beer part. So oh, yeah. it was it was really cool. I enjoyed it. Nice. And that transition. So what dot and line references like the printing aspect of yes. it. 
yes, yes, yes. Um, I would imagine that's what that does since they're a printing company. That makes sense. I mean, they've got a little something here on the side. It says, our printing background has taught us that true value comes from hard work, attention to detail, and using the finest ingredients. We are not about gimmicks, shortcuts, or silly taglines. It's all about brewing the best quality beer every single day. That's our bottom line huh? and our promise to you. Sit back, relax, drink the experience. Remember, it's not worth having if you can't share. So and that cool. is directly off the can you're drinking for this episode. Exactly. Oh, you might as well get right into it. Okay. Right, might as well just do it. So we have from Dot and Line the Brutish Behavior, which is a Brute IPA, and it comes in at 7.6% ABV. Yeah, it's. Is there a, we don't have ABVs. We only have IBUs. Oh, it's very small. That's pretty much it. Um, so basically, what the can said, there was a bit of a description on the menu that they had at the place, but nobody put that on untapped yet. And I didn't want to sit there and do that that night. I probably should have for them. But, <laughs> um, there were so many different styles. Um, Pale and I, we had a couple of samplers out there and we were deciding which one to get. So I ended up getting a crawler of this one since we haven't had many brute IPAs. And since we're going to be discussing Mario Kart, thinking the brutes of Mario Kart, like Donkey Kong and mm-hmm. Bowser, Bowser, the big guys that are slow but really fast. Like Wario's kind of like broody in a yeah. way. So the can, I, I mean, we kind of already talked about this. It's a very simple can, as you guys can see. Just very simple but clean. They're all about simplicity, as that said on the side. And this is just a crawler, so yeah, it's not just like a, a it's um, just like the so basic their, when they, thing they, they do in. 16 ounce cans, it's the same label, they just write it in. I think eventually, I don't know if they're going to print since they are a printing company, if they're gonna make their own. Because if you look at the logos that they like Pale's talking about, those wooden slits that they actually painted and printed on, um, those have like a cartoonish dinosaur, I think, on it. Um, so it looks really cool when you see that. So I think eventually once they get their canning process down a little bit better, but the guy said we can't can as fast. I mean, they're flying off the shelves. So everybody wanted to come get some. Yeah. So hopefully they'll increase their canning procedure and expand here a little bit. Yeah. So here's the, I don't know. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Show them. It's like a T-Rex. Show the folks at home. Oh yeah. I think I saw that on Instagram. That's really cool. Yeah. That's straight from their, uh, Instagram. So yeah, like, like all, all like that It's all like drawn colored pencils, paintings. Um, it's really cool. I think they're ahead of the game on that as far as you know, like what what they show what they show to people as far as um, I don't know, images and what I don't know what I'm trying to say. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have to go out to local artists since they're a printing company. I'm sure they yeah, have yeah, a that, lot of graphic yeah. artists within the building that they could easily pull from and make different labels. So it's not something they probably have to outsource. So right. it'd be a lot easier. Like I know uh, when Ben would, he had to go yeah, he get had to go artists find to, someone. to help with his labels and they're, they've already have it in house, which is really nice. Looking at the color, since it's a brute, it's very light. I think From, what you're seeing on screen is probably looks more like a Pichu pale, but it's, a, I think, a little mm-hmm. bit darker. I was going to say, it definitely looks like a Pichu, for sure. Please be a hairy snitch, though. It's, <laughs> I, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Let me take a look here. We, oh, you don't even have it open yet. Yeah, I do have it open. 
be the banana item from Mario Kart. <gasps> Damn it. It's that. new. It's new. An item not on the list. <laughs> so what would the banana be? Three and a half? Sure. If like, in this situation. Like two and a half. Like between yeah, Kirk's oh, uniform and, and the Harry Snitch. So Kirk's Harry Snitch. Kirk's Harry Snitch. <laughs> Kirk's banana Harry Snitch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll stop. Um, Kirk's hairy banana. Yeah. Oh, like Kirk's hairy banana. Two, three. Uh, for some reason, I want to go darker. Like uh, you want to go darker? A five. You want to go tails, 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 tails? That does not. What you, it from our angle, that does not even look like our, a tails, yeah, tails. Not even close. No, pictures I'm seeing like, on Untapped are pretty pale maybe too. It's just like get a good, good I mean, enough lighting. Clearly, when you hold it out here, okay, yours, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, more. and they're getting the sunlight when I hold it up to the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you holding it up to the door behind you so it looks brown? Like, what are you doing? In the dark, night. <laughs> dark night. <laughs> we can say what I, I, three or four, snitch or scorpion. Um, let's do snitch because okay. Dustin wants it. He, he loves that hair. So so bad. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. All right, the smell panel. Definitely IPA. Mm. Smells like a New England hoppy. It has a lot of citrus. It has like, a, a kind of a danky smell to it. I think if I remember, I thought they said they did put citra in it, unless that was their other IPA. I don't know. We tried one of everything that night. So I didn't check in a whole lot because they were all running together. I mean, if you look at the different pictures on Untapped, some of them are like super light and some look dark of the beers these people were checking in. Some look more definitely like Tails Tails and others look like Pichu Pale. So. <laughs> yeah, there's one. I'm, I don't know if it's a filter, but it looks like uh, champagne. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, the uh, brute. The beers. champagne of beers. Yeah, essentially. Uh, the developing style is marked with high carbonation, which allows it for a very dry, high-in-alcohol Belgian beer to be extremely quaffable. Um, and they say right here that a Brut or Champagne IPA. A uh, style of beer invented last year at a brew pub in San Francisco combines a dry bone aspect of a champagne and an India pale ale. Brewed IPAs are the opposite of a juicy, sweet New England IPA. I think maybe we found a hybrid because yeah. after taking the first couple of sips, definitely it's dry. You can certainly tell that. But you're right, Pale. There is a lot of citrus. There's sweetness that sits yeah. with it. I know I'm comparing this to a brew that Matt Anthony did. Mm-hmm like a year ago or so um, was definitely more of a like dry IPA champagne IPA f- or whatever. And this one, I smell it and I'm tasting it. I'm getting a little bit of new England like com- components to it. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure that's the citra. So I think maybe they were trying it. to go for a hybrid. Um, just try to change it up. Give somebody people something a little bit different. Yeah. Could be this guy's first attempt at, Brewing this. Mm-hmm. Don't really know who the brewer is. Just a, an employee. I don't know if he was there that night or not. But yeah, I'm curious to see, find out a little bit more about this beer because there's not a whole lot on the description. But yeah, it's definitely light. 
um, which is surprising because it does go down really easily, especially at 7.6, having that higher alcohol content. But it's not too IPA. So for me, that means not as hoppy and I can drink a lot more because a lot of those dippas and that kind of stuff, it gets too hoppy for me sometimes. And then it's like, I always expect the brutes to be like hopped up, like more bitter. Yeah, probably a little bit more on the back end. I would imagine that it should end dry and bitter, Mm -hmm. but this one's sweet. That's what I'm getting up front. It's, it's sweet, citrusy. And then on the back end, it's when it dries out, um, like a dry wine a little bit. So it gets like a little more fizzy too, like at the end. And you said it was a champagne. (laughs) Oh, uh, Sorry, uh, champagne. <laughs> champagne. Champagne. I'm just throwing out crap. Did you different alcohols? Uh, see some of the comments here on on Tap Pale. What flavor of fruit are you getting? Ooh, grapefruit. That's what everybody keeps saying. Everybody keeps saying grapefruit. Andrew M says tons of grapefruit flavor follows the mouth. Kayla says dry, bitter, and grapefruit with four question marks. My wife was already there. Yeah. She's hugging some random dude here, so I don't know. Oh, I knew this day would come. <laughs> she lost all that weight. Now she's like, I can get fresh tail. <laughs> I know it. I knew it was going to happen. So I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to catch up before it does happen. It's a good incentive. Uh, Taylor here, which looks like a dude. I think so. It didn't even look like that. Looks like a celebrity. I don't know who that is. Surprisingly. A tad bit sweet Taylor, with a great dry and crisp finish. Did you read so the overall? That it was. Did somebody read the overall score? I did not. And I just dip. jumped into the grapefruit stuff. They haven't even tasted it yet. Come on. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> They've been enjoying the whiny champagne. Uh, there's so there's... 3.72. 39. So three more must have tasted it. Because I still have 36. Is that fresh? Oh, oh, three more people did. Oh, it didn't oh. change anything. Let's see, yeah, three, 39 ratings and 43 check-ins. I did not check this in. Somebody down here, Jesse R said, got that fruit punch I wanted. So I think he meant what? like like fruit oh, punch. punch of fruit. Like oh, a punch a, of fruit. A punch not, of fruit. Yeah, I'm like, this is definitely not Definitely punch. not a freak <laughs> fruit punch, like a high C fruit punch. He's drinking those Slurpees. <laughs> Where he's getting nothing but juice. <laughs> Somebody give him an apple juice. Yeah. Uh, David R. said, really nice malt flavor, light body with light dry finish. Give it a four. I want to say it's more like a cidery finish because I've had a ton of cider that is really dry and it's reminiscent of that. And the sweetness that's with it, too. But cider sucks. I don't like it. This is definitely better. But it's very similar <laughs> to that. It's light enough that you can drink it, and it's very sweet, but not that apple sweet. Yeah. Or of a citrusy sweet. To go along with what Pale was saying about they feel like they've been around forever, we actually did try their beer in 2018 for the uh, Haven. Uh, one of the yep. years that we went and it was the coconut vanilla ghouls gravy. So we've been waiting for a while to try them other than the yeah. you know, breathing that we've had. 
Yeah. We did have the ghoul's gravy the other night, and it was just the straight ghoul's gravy. No variance in it. It definitely is a great base beer, but it needs something added to it, like a bourbon barrel age or something mm-hmm. to kick it up a notch. That'd be like the perfect variant. Just, just keep, you know, like every month or something, every couple months, just do a new variant of the ghoul gravy. That'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to rank this pale? Or? I think uh, did we rank it that night? You um, did. I did not. Pale so did. You tried to. You checked them all in. I just. I didn't feel ready to check them all in, especially if we were going to use one for the show. I have zero friends who've checked this in. By the way, give me a second. Pale. Have Why, not even me. I was ignoring you because you're going to give it. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I was like, I'm, I did it. I did it. I'm aware. Oh, he blocked you on untapped. I did. I couldn't stand your posts. I was telling Keith my last check-in before dot line was June 28th. Oh, wow. Because I keep forgetting. I just, like, I keep, drink. I just I drink a beer and then I'm, like, trying to think of, like, what I want to say in the description. And then something, like, sidetracks me and I just never end up doing it. Mm-hmm. So... I don't add a description hardly. Yeah. Unless I feel very punny when it's, when it comes to drinking that beer, I usually don't. Allison will do everything. She's like, I gave it a three something. And here's why I'm like, that's much better than me for sure. (laughs) I should just do that only when I like absolutely like love a beer, give it, give it a reason why. But most of the time I should just be like rating, maybe a picture and then boom. Yeah, half the time. I, I try to say something every time, but it ends up being the same thing every time. <laughs> oh, this one's a solid beer. I'm I think mine are pretty good. I take time to put them in. Yeah, yours, I like your and Mr. Gone V6. He likes all my tweets. He's about the only one. <laughs> yes. A new beer, he goes, oh, I like that. Ooh. You want me to kick it off the rating? Yeah, go ahead. I'm finishing up. So. All right, so I gave the Brutish Behavior a four out of five. Um, I... Don't know if like I would give fours often to the brutes because I I'm just I'm not a champagne fan, but the the sweetness that we talked about where it kind of gives off a hybrid New England slash brute style I I like that a lot. It's something different. It's because I, I feel like the New Englands kind of start to get repetitive if that makes sense. So this one was it was a nice change. And um, so I gave it a four. I would definitely recommend trying it. And um, yeah, I'm glad we got the crawler of this one. I'm just glad they had crawlers available since they were out of their (laughs) four packs. Mm -hmm. Um, I went ahead and gave it a 4.25. And if I was going solely off of this is a brute, I think I probably would have gone one click lower to a four, but since it has that citrusy sweet flavor to it and that sticks with me throughout and it's more like a hazy IPA, I think. And it, it just tastes so light, even though it's a little bit heavier at 7.6. Um, all those factored in it's, I like it. I like the sweetness sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Easy drinking, which can be dangerous, but very easy. So I gave it a 4.25. Very nice. All right, so the topic today is Mario Kart. Probably the most popular Mario spinoff game. 
series. Absolutely. I remember playing the Super Nintendo and the 64 a bunch when I was a kid. Yeah, Super Nintendo one was great. So no wonder it launched a whole series. Do you guys remember the cheat with the Super Nintendo that you could take the controller and kind of slide it in and out and it would shrink your racer? Do you guys? Oh, no, I never did that. Oh, we did that all the time because we wanted to be mini racers beforehand. So it's like you slightly put the controller in, take it in and out. All of a sudden, your character would just shrink. It hardly ever worked. Never knew that. Aren't you slower when you shrink? I think so. But it was (laughs) still neat trying to get it. It's fun. (laughs) Just wanted to be a mini version. It was fun. Didn't the game have like speed boosts or whatever? The yeah, the, they had the little arrows. The arrows. So I always try to things. hit those. Um, objectives always, like, generally. Yeah. Objective, but um, <laughs> for some reason, I saw it too late, and I always like missed it. And I think that's why I wasn't very good at Mario Kart because I was not like you I couldn't look ahead on the track. Yeah. <laughs> Hail of sightseeing. I was this like, is pretty. I was like, oh, <laughs> I love how they did the background here on this. I was just going on a Sunday drive looking at the sights. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time like doing a track, I'd always like take my time and be slow just so I can watch the computer do all the shortcuts for me in front of me. (laughs) So then I know all the shortcuts. I was a big fan. That's how I play Mario Kart. Every game. Mm -hmm. I would like to go in, in like all racing games. I'd go to the time trials and then, run the race backwards to see if I can find any other shortcuts that you can't see going forwards. Mark. Oh, yeah. Yep. Except for the ones where it's like a cliff where you drop down below. You yeah, can't you really can't see, see Yeah, You can't do those. Like, oh, that is from somewhere. Where does that come from? Yeah. It's something. Mario Kart is a series of go-kart style racing video games developed and published by Nintendo as spinoffs from the trademark Super Mario series. The first in the series, Super Mario Kart, was launched in 1992 on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System to critical and commercial success. With six Mario Kart games released on home consoles, three on portable handheld consoles, four arcade games co-developed with Namco, and one for mobile phones, the Mario Kart series includes a total of 14 entries. The latest game in the main series is Mario Kart Tour, which was released on iOS and Android in September 2019. The series has sold over 150 million copies worldwide to date. Damn. And they just renounced, I don't know if we threw that in here or not. Did you see on the, I did not put that on there. There was a remote control and it's got a VR camera. It's got like a webcam attached to it and you run it, I think on your switch. So you make your own Mm -hmm. Mario Kart track in your house and it just, it shows from that camera and then it adds all the VR characters in your racing, even though it's just your cart going around, but you can see it on the screen with all the other racers. So it, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. And you can still pick up items and like launch them and then it stops the other racers. Yep. Your car will it's just really stop. Cool <laughs> you just have to have a flat open area in your house in order to set this up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah hardwood floors would probably be best. <laughs> Uh, it started in 1992 with the Super Mario Kart on the SNES, as Keith said. He didn't say uh, this. Uh, episode 60, we did a Super Mario Kart episode uh, just about the music of Super Mario Kart. So you can go back and listen to episode 60 and hear Keith and I 
talk about all the fun sounds and songs in that game. Yeah. I I played this one. Me as well. I, yeah, I have it on the Retro Pie. This one's on the uh, uh, classic Nintendo mm-hmm. console that I got a couple years ago. The classic Super Nintendo, right? Cla- yeah, classic Super Nintendo. I'll be like, that's Super w- Nintendo class. I say that's really weird if they backported it. That would have been odd. That would have been a mess. That would work great. Next one out was Mario Kart 64. This came out in 1996 for the N64, which I believe was one of the not first games that was released for the N64, but it was like one of the first games. Didn't yeah, it was early in the yeah. uh, system's life. Yeah, because uh, N64 came out in like 95, 96 area. So that makes sense. It's one of the earliest games. And I did have this one too. Mm-hmm. Spent a lot of hours playing this one. Yes. This one was fun, especially four-player mode. Mm-hmm. This was like the original online gaming. <laughs> yeah, Psycho yeah this one I didn't one. get for some reason, but I played it a ton because my neighbor had it. I think that's why I didn't get it, because I played it at his house all the time, so I was like, I don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is one I actually haven't played as often as the Super Mario Kart, because like when I, we did an episode a while back, and a neighbor down the street had the 64, but for some reason, uh, my dad didn't want the, didn't want to buy the 64. <laughs> I think we just, we uh, already moved on to like PlayStation. Yeah. So it's like, well, that kind of sucks. Cause I still really like the Nintendo franchise, mm-hmm. but I did get a chance to play N64, the cart 64 down the street. So yeah. I'm pretty familiar with it. At least he had the chance. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the the difference between nowadays and back in the '90s. That was a big deal for at least my dad and us is the uh, the inclusivity or exclusivity. I don't know specifically the word where you can only play PlayStation games on the PlayStation. You can only play Nintendo mm-hmm. games on the Nintendo. And so there was there was a real easy way to convince your parents. No, I need this system to do these things, and I need this system to do these things. And now more yeah. like. Like the Mario and everything's still Nintendo, but for like everything else, you can play it across the board and all of them. So Pretty much. Right. So exactly. The, the console wars are gone, essentially. You're fighting over nothing, but you know, if you want to play Mario, <laughs> you gotta play Nintendo. But to to Pale's point, you know, you already got the PlayStation. Well, I did that. I got the PlayStation, but I was still like, I need the sixty four. <laughs> still need that. <laughs> and I didn't do a good enough job convincing yeah. you know, my dad. Uh, I need the 64 because there's still games that are coming out and it's still a very relevant console, but um, he's like, well, why would we need two consoles now? Like we have PlayStation. It's like the latest and play games on that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to play games on that. And that's odd because they did drop the price and they had all the different fancy neon colors of the N64 that came out. They Mm -hmm. kept trying to rebrand it with all the exclusives because I know it did drop in price eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But if we never did get a PlayStation, I would have never discovered Gran Turismo, which is like one of my favorite racing games ever. There you go. So, moving on, we have uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit from 2001 from the Game Boy Advance. I think I played that once. I had a friend that had it, and I do have that game somewhere. Do have- I don't have the box anymore, so I didn't use it. I just have the little tiny cartridge floating around in my house somewhere. <laughs> 
I never. I mean, I can't it's, it's basically that great in that one. So. Oh no. Or the gameplay probably it's back wasn't. back to Super Mario Kart level of graphics. It's not great, but it's still. It, the thing with the handheld ones, it's always more fun to play uh, cooperatively or against your friends, and it's hard to do on the handheld system unless you all have separate Game Boy advances and like the link cable and the own uh, your own game. So, but it's still uh, fun. Yeah, I never had any of the handhelds, so the next few are going to be like, "Oh, yep, Dustin didn't play that." Yeah. <laughs> and the next one from 2003, Mario Kart Double Dash. Anybody play that one? Oh yeah, I own that one. You own that uh, one. That one changed on everything because you could do two player together co-op. One person throwing items in the back and the other person yes. driving. And if you both hit the Z button at the same time, you, you could switch. swap positions. Be like, let me throw the green shell. I'm better oh, with green that's shells. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome with green shells. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that we one play- was always fun to play in in a big group because you could have like eight people playing if you had like the yeah extender for more controllers and then one four people driving and four people in the back seat oh, it was so much fun that one we played a lot in high school this is what we were playing i yes, think that evening when um your cousin and jared got robbed in my driveway i'm pretty sure we were all over <laughs> my house playing this. that was a gamecube night that was fun yes Except that part, but you know, the game was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we have for the DS Mario Kart DS came out in 2005. It's another handheld system. I don't know how it took advantage. I think on the DS, there's two screens, obviously, and one screen was the map, and the other screen was your driver, so you could kind of see the map as you were driving. But other than that, I don't remember it really taking advantage of the touch screen or anything like that. Maybe to throw items. Yeah. Toss them. Yeah. Do you think, um, did the connectivity get better? Like playing, because the DS had more like Wi-Fi capability, didn't it? Yeah. So you could play, I I don't know if it's this one or the 3DS one that you could play online and with strangers, but well, you needed friend codes and dumb shit like that. But uh, yeah, you could actually go online and play against people. Then we have and Mario Kart. Dumb link cable. Oh, yeah, those stupid link cables. Those are awful. Spend 20 bucks for that. Use it one time. Mm-hmm. 50 bucks, probably. Um, the next game we have is another revolution in the series is Mario Kart Wii from 2008. Um, this one is still relevant today. In fact, my nephews both play this all the time. They're, he's probably playing it right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I've still played it with them, and I think it's fun. Although I don't use the Wii controller, although you could turn it, and that's why it came with the little racing wheel. Wheel you thing. Actually, turn the controller to turn to drive, but if you if you got off caliber real quick, you overcorrect. Yeah, that's just it. Never worked for me, so I'd always plug in the GameCube controller and race with that. It made mm-hmm. it a lot easier for me. Uh, or with the, the, even with the nunchuck attached, it would be a little bit easier because you wouldn't have easier. to do the motion controls. Yeah. This version of the Mario Kart was the one that we played the most uh, drunk driver with in college. Yes. Because uh, I was in college from 2006 to 2010 and then grad school. But through those years, we started with Double Dash on GameCube and then played the Mario Kart Wii for a few years. 
a lot of a lot of drunken game time. Yes, I played this one, putting away a. I know it was awful, but a thirty pack of Bushlight. <laughs> yeah, another guy. We each had fifteen, and we were playing this game for most of the evening. That's generally how it goes. Just had a story. Uh, me, Robbie, and a buddy of his. We we're just talking about playing this game specifically through the night, drinking thirty pack Keystone. And have you heard um, from the younger generation? Uh, I think Noah was the one that was telling me this called Birio Cart, and you have to finish your beer and the race. You have to finish your beer before the race ends, but you can't drink and drive at the same time. So some people would slam their beer at the beginning of the race and then race, mm-hmm. or you have to put your controller down to race or to drink and then pick it up again to continue to race. So I've heard there's all, there's a bunch of different drinking games for this. I have not partaked in any of them partook, but I don't know if you guys have, I have heard, heard of, that. of that, but I I've never tried it. Yeah. yeah. We, I think we, it's smart to drink your beer first because yeah. then you get all the good items because you're in last and then you That's can just true. catch up. It's a good strategy. So the way that we did it was we had shot glasses in front of us, like double and we would have to pour the beer into the shot glass and drink it before the end of the lap. And if you mm. were in first, you didn't have to finish that shot. If you were in last, you had to pour another one and drink it before the start of the next race. So if mm. you finished anywhere in between, you had to drink three shots. If you were first, you had two. If you were last, you had four. But it's just beer. And so that was, yeah. that was a wolf because that's a lot of air going in while you're trying to so we, we've we've done versions like that we've also done the version where you had to pull over to drink it and then start mm-hmm. back up so it just depends on how you play it if you're last you should drink like everybody's remaining shot I feel like <laughs> oh, I mean that wouldn't be and, a like problem. if you're at first then you don't have to like drink at all you can but like if you fall out then maybe like you have to like set down your controller, take a shot and then like get back into the race. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there are several different ways you could do that, but that sounds fun. Yeah. Nor- normally what we did is we always like every time you finish a lap, you poured and then drink. So if you were, if you pull or always pulled your drinks and then as you were on the straightaway before the, the flag, then you just, you know, take the shot and then you pour it again. So if you were first, you have it poured and ready and you don't touch it. And then you just set it in front of the person who's in last place. Nah. And make them drink it. it. It speeds things up, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just you know drinking. I wasn't drinking in '92, so I didn't really do it then. <laughs> you could use the shot as like an item to punish other opponents. Instead of throwing a green shell, you actually hand them a shot. <laughs> That's the <laughs> item. You've been shot. We focused too much on beer pong. We should have been creating yeah. game, yeah. game drinking. Should have like, been doing this. Yeah. I don't know. The the game is more enjoyable when you don't have to fucking think about the beer, though. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I think we were just honing our skills, not so much. Fuck it, we're all horrible. Let's just drink and do this shit. Mm-hmm. It was always a fun game to play with people who aren't really gamers, who've kind of played, you know? And so it's, it's really easy controls. Here's how you do it. Here's some beer to yep. make you interested in playing. So I can enjoy playing this game and winning. Well, with my friends who didn't really care for it, but there's beer involved. 
it was always a win for me. Yeah. Okay, next up on the list is Mario Kart number seven. Came out for the 3DS uh, in 2011. As I specified, I do not own any handheld, so I never had it. But according to Andrew's screen, as he's holding up the booklet, he did. Yeah, I was just reading the manual to see how the 3D or the dual screens come into a... uh, this game at all uh it looks like the bottom screen is the map top screen is the racetrack and you can go into first person mode and use the ds as and like turn with it so it, i guess it has motion controls too i've never <laughs> tried that because i don't like motion controls but um another thing in this manual is it introduces the paraglider thing so yes. there's gliding in this one but that's about it this is the game play. both my nephews have, so I have played it once or twice, and it's weird just playing it on a DS. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really changed, introduced, yeah, the paraglider, and it just, and it's a whole new format. Yeah, it also has parts you can unlock to customize your cart. I don't know if this is the first game that has that, but I see that on the box. Yeah. I remember that in back- Wii, you were able to pick yeah, what, like, I think cart style that- and wheels. Yeah, that was the first one that you could pick at least different cars owned by different people based if you were mm-hmm. a heavy set mm-hmm. um, intermediate yeah. character or high acceleration character. But yeah, it got more customization through it as it went on, which is kind of neat, but it's just more options to choose. I'm like, I just want to choose my favorite character and run. Exactly. And it's like, let's add more decision making to this. Yeah, you can custom you can change different paragliders too and change different that part of your car too. And it's like, oh my god, I, that's another option. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then that brings us to Mario Kart 8 from 2014, which was introduced on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Which I never played because I do not have a Wii U. I do. And so that I, game they also is released still it on the 60, Switch. Still sixty dollars. Still. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good lord, that was six years ago. I know, I'm still, I, I just looked to see if I can get it, because I have a Wii U, and I was like, oh, it must be cheaper now, you know, it's been six years, nope. Especially with the deluxe version being on the Switch, mm-hmm. that's the same exact game, but with all the downloadable content included, that's also 60 bucks. You would think it would yeah. drop the price of the original. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was uh, waiting on it, because I don't own the Mario Kart 8 deluxe, and I really want to, but it's like, I do too. wait. I'm not going to pay $60 for this. It's three years old. Actually, six years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of the Switch, came out in 2017 with the Switch. It's the mm-hmm. deluxe version. I played that at a bachelor party. So I've This I've one's cool because you go, go like upside down in it and there's like hover craft areas and I think uh, motorcycles, like bikes. Mm. You can pick... Do you have it, Saf, or no? No, I just saw pictures. Oh, that should be probably my next purchase after Mario 3D All-Stars. Do all these games have the <laughs> same race tracks? Like from uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there. I think. We'll get there? Oh, sweet. Yeah, jump in the Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about introducing... Uh, we'll speed through these arcade games real quick, because I know none of us have probably played them. I don't even know 
where to play them in America. Mm-hmm. But there are four arcade games that were co-developed with Namco. So I know like Pac-Man characters and other Namco owned characters are raceable in this in these games. Uh, there's GP that came out in 05, GP2 came out in 07, GPDX in 2013, and GPVR in 2017. Uh, from what I remember, the DX version, you can link with your DS and mm-hmm. like use your characters in the arcade game or like you get rewards or something. I don't remember. I just remember that was an option, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, I've never heard of these. They're more popular in Japan, I would assume. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. They still enjoy their arcades over there. Mm-hmm. Ours died in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it'd, be cool. it'd be cool if like Tappers here in Indy or the Double Dragon up in Fort Wayne had like one of these systems, but they're, they use like mostly classic systems in those places. Mm-hmm. Or cabinets, I think they're called. The characters from the series... Mario Kart mainly features characters from the Mario franchise, obviously. The Mario Kart Arcade GP series features Bandai Namco characters such as Pac-Man, and the DLC for Mario Kart 8 added Link from The Legend of Zelda and Villager and Isabel from Animal Crossing. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe features 42 characters, including the Inklings from Splatoon. So it looks like they're expanding the rosters to include more characters, kind of more customers, yeah. more confusion. Super Smash Brothers <laughs> territory. I know. Yeah, which Super it's Smash a, Brothers Mario Kart. It makes sense, though, right? So the if you click that link, yeah. if you guys click that link, that's where the spreadsheet is. That includes all of the characters, and at the bottom is all of the items, which we'll talk about momentarily. Wow, so it's quite Ew. a bit, and there's eight of them that are pretty consistent. At least for the first three uh, versions of it, and there is only um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven characters that were all the way through all eight games. Yeah, Donkey Kong essentially is, but in the first one they called him Donkey Kong Junior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess Toad. Uh, but also. I guess a good. Because Toad is all the way through, yeah. except for Double Dash, you have to unlock it. The one I, I was obsessed good to- was uh, Koopa Troopa, because I would always use him in Super Nintendo. Yeah, he was one of my favorites. And then he disappeared for several games, and they brought him back for Wii. But right. man, yeah, I like that was going to be my question: like, what char- What's your go-to character, or like a character you uh, didn't like so much? <laughs> what are you dancing, Luigi? <laughs> of course <laughs> I kind of like uh, Toad because I feel like like the lighter characters like in weight mm-hmm. you do, you do better but I don't think that's ever the case it feels like it because they're acceleration it, you get off the ground but because like yeah, yeah you get off the ground faster but it really just all depends on how well you can hit the objectives the yeah. speed boosts and the items no, Yoshi was always popular too Everybody Yoshi was Yoshi. on Mario was very popular um, but I like Toad. Yeah, Mario's very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. I always went with Toad or Koopa, the lighter weight characters, because uh, you get hit a lot, so you need that acceleration is very beneficial because you always have to be picking up speed as quickly as possible when you're getting smashed around with items all the time. Especially when you're right before the finish line and some, some yeah. bitch hits you 
with something. It's like, <laughs> oh, I just two more inches. Like, <laughs> well, like every time I was so like, I got hit by a shell. It's like he spins out, and then I just felt like he spin out from first to last. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's my least favorite. It would be Bowser. He sp- he spins forever, yeah. and yeah. he's so mm-hmm. big that he gets hit by everything regardless. Like <laughs> if you're a smaller yeah. character, you can it dodge more of the road. You can dodge some stuff, but. As Bowser, it's like, well, I'm a quarter of the screen, so I'm getting hit by everything. <laughs> um, but if you run into people, uh, as you can, if you're higher acceleration, that's that true. More heavier weight people like Bowser or Donkey Kong were always They'll more enjoyable. They'll spin you out. Mm-hmm. As I alluded to, items are in the game. Does somebody want to read about items? Anybody? If not, I will. I'll read it. Okay, go ahead, pal. One of the features of the series is the use of various power-up items obtained by driving into item boxes laid out on the course. These power-ups include mushrooms to give players a speed boost, Koopa shells to be thrown at opponents, banana peels, and fake item boxes that can be laid on the course as hazards. The type of weapon received from an item box is influenced by the player's current position in the race. For example, players lagging far behind may receive more powerful items, such as bullet bills, which give the player a bigger spood be- spood bo- speed <laughs> spood beast. A spood speed beast. <laughs> a speed boost, depending on the place of the player, while the leader may only receive small defensive items, such as shells or bananas. Called rubber banding, this gameplay mechanism allows other players or computers a realistic chance to catch up to the leading player. They can also perform driving techniques during the race, such as rocket starts, slipstreaming, and mini turbos. So I had no idea your power ups were better, like if you were in last place. You didn't know that? Yeah. I had no oh, you didn't play this enough. I didn't play it enough. I thought it was all the same, like. No matter what position you were, randomness. There's like a there's yeah. like a meme that is going around that basically is like this is how our economics should be. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Uh, but if it's you're a billionaire, you should get only bananas peels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's one thing that I like about this series is it keeps it competitive and fun. That at any time the whole game can change and you could go from first to last and uh, have to work your way back up. Yep. Yeah. And even if you're not that skilled, you have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep. And so there so, are nine items in yep. the original game and 13 in the 64. Uh, a lot of them are throughout. Uh, more importantly, the triples down at the bottom are throughout, except for in the Super Mario. It kind of threw me off mm-hmm. when I first saw those, but those are definitely helpful. I do enjoy having those. Yes. Um, but because you can like use them as shields because mm-hmm. they like spin around your driver or you can launch them. Yeah. Especially if you do get run into bigger guys more often having mm-hmm. your, your green shells spinning or your, uh, or your, um, bananas, a triple banana trail of bananas, the trail of bananas. Yeah. Which I don't see that on here. A uh, multi banana is what it's called. Multi-banana. Oh, right there. Okay. Yep. And then I see that they added the, um, the spiky shell after the second game, which really helped those first place yeah. players. Well, helped everybody else. If there's this huge gap between, it helps to slow them down a little bit. 
that's a good addition, I think. Even though I hate those shells when they come at me, it's it's, it's a cool addition. Especially if you're in second place, because then you have to suffer, and you're right behind first place. <laughs> you're yeah. in the first zone, and you get screwed up in the uh, little bubble of explosion. I've done it where I've slowed down and let first place whoever's behind mm-hmm. me. I could come and I like slam. If you on hear the, the beep, beep 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 of the blue shell coming up behind you. Like slow down and let <laughs> let yep. somebody else take it. <laughs> now, if you had a trail uh, of uh, like the three. Uh, the shells could you block the blue shell it was almost impossible unless you timed a speed boost in one game i think you can i think in Wii, if you time something just right you might be able to get out of the blast radius but it's very difficult i've never been yeah there are occasions where it is blockable or jumpable i think in one game you can jump and jump over it or something Mm -hmm. and uh in one of them you can like launch your items backwards and potentially hit it if you're like perfect but yeah it's pretty hard to escape yeah unless you have a i think if you have like superstar yeah uh then your power up you it'll make you immune yeah but you, the odds of having a star and being in first place at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> well or what happens if you get it right when you open the box and there's a big cluster in front of you and you get around all five of them then it just yeah, so happens to like timing you know it's like if mm-hmm. lightning strikes this you know key that's attached to this generator and <laughs> explodes at the right time uh, the one I needed recent addition was the the thundercloud and that was only in mario kart Wii. yeah it gave you a speed boost but then you were going to get struck by lightning and it was just you because as soon as you shrunk then everyone behind you ran over you so you ended up in last place like right away I'm glad that was only one game. I don't see the ink blop, dude. Oh yeah, like the squid. Uh, yeah, there's a couple that are missing from here from Wikipedia. I must not have had them. Yeah, isn't it blooper? It's on the list. Oh yeah, isn't that the guy's Once, names. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I started. Yeah, DS. Yep, that'd be him. In the recent game, the Crazy Eight. I think that's in the DS version too. I don't. Uh, but it gives you all the items like around your character or like four or five items. So you could use like a shell and a mushroom and a banana and they're like all you have all the options. Nice. I'm glad they brought the feather back for the last one. That was my (laughs) favorite because you'd use that in the SNES to do the jump over walls or walls and everything avoid shells. Or get shortcuts. Yep. Especially the one in the Ghost Valley. That one was impossible. Yep. You need to time that one just right. Otherwise, you're falling off. Yeah. You would miss the gap because the gap's so big and the road is like so skinny. (laughs) No coins Uh, didn't change at all. Um, Because I know, I thought that's what the myth was. I don't know if that's true for the first one that the more coins you had, the faster you went. I never knew what the coins were for. Yeah, because it never made a... There were coins like everywhere on the race Yeah. Am I going faster? I think I read that somewhere one time. I don't know if it had to do with your speed or not. Could. I'm guessing in the later games they use it as uh, currency to buy items. Yeah, because it didn't come back to... Upgrade your cart. Mm Mm-hmm. 
so I have a pale, like a pale question, which oh. usually makes you guys laugh. <laughs> uh, is Rosalina like fairly new? Like a new? She's from the galaxy. Super Mario Galaxy. She's okay. the princess in Mario Galaxy, or she's like the princess of the galaxy, or something like that. Uh, okay, because I was like, uh, I'm not sure who this Rosalina is, but that's she has a little I never... star buddy that floats around with her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, I only really ever saw her in Smash Brothers. Yeah. I didn't play the Galaxy yeah. games that much. Galaxy games are fun. I never played Galaxy Two, and I guess everybody's upset that it's not on the new. Mario. It is weird that it's not included or even mentioned. It was even left out of the trailer or the commercial that they played during that that showed every game in the series. They just skipped right yeah. over Galaxy yeah. 2. It's like, okay. All right. Uh, earlier, Pale had a pale question about racetracks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So now we're going to talk about that. Yep. Many course themes reoccur throughout the series. Most of them are based on the existing areas in the Mario franchise. Bowser's Castle among the most prominent, but there are a number of courses that may that have not appeared elsewhere yet still belong in the Mushroom Kingdom, such as Rainbow Road, which usually takes place above the city or in space. Each game in the series, following the original game, includes at least 16 original courses and up to six original battle arenas. Each game's track are divided into four cups or groups in which the players have the highest overall ranking to win, and they are the Mushroom Cup, the Flower Cup, the Star Cup, and the Special Cup. Most courses can be done in three laps, except for the original games where all circuits required five laps to finish. Seven in Mario Kart Double Dash. That sucks. Seven laps? Only on the Baby Park level, because it's like just one small loop, so it's like insane. Oh, I see. It's right there. When racing on the baby park, blah, blah, blah. I should have just kept continued reading instead yep. of like being completely <laughs> flabbergasted. <laughs> the first game to feature courses from previous games was Mario Kart Super Circuit, which contained all of the tracks from the original Super NES game. Starting with the Mario Kart DS, each entry in the series has featured 16 Nitro... Uh, which are brand new courses introduced in said game, and 16 retro tracks, which are reoccurring courses from previous Mario Kart games, spread across four cups, each with four races. The four retro Grand Prix cups are the Shell Cup, the Banana Cup, the Leaf Cup, and the Lightning Cup. In Mario Kart 8, 16 additional tracks are available across two downloadable packages. Eight for the each package downloading, including the seven retro courses, four original courses, and five based on other Nintendo franchises, including Excitebyte, which is awesome, F-Zero, which is sweet, The Legend of Zelda, nice, and Animal Crossing, divided into four additional cups, Egg, Triforce, Crossing, and Bell. Mario Kart Tour introduced courses from around the world, including New York City, Japan, Paris, London, and Vancouver, as well as variants of cor- ver- uh, variants of courses where drivers race in reverse with additional ramps and elevations, and a combination of the two: reverse and elevations. <laughs> that was a lot to read right there. A lot to unpack. Oh, that, I do not have a graph that shows which. Uh, tracks appear in which game which I heard interesting I heard a fun fact that Rainbow Road does go across all of the games but I don't know if that's yes the only one to do that I do know that they it exists in every game 
it's a it's usually a different version of Rainbow Road uh, in each game, mm-hmm. but the uh, like the retro tracks. It'd be interesting to know which retro tracks are from which game and which one appears most often in the series. Yeah. Because the ones I liked was from the SNES, the Donut Planes, and I know that only made a reappearance like once or twice. It could yes. be in seven and eight. I th- I want to say eight like brought everything back. I would imagine, which is probably why they haven't put anything new out. Because it was like, yeah, that I game is huge. Like, okay, everybody's here. Everything's here. It's like, what else do we do besides reinvent the series? Moving on. Did that answer your question, Pale. Uh, yeah, that helped. <laughs> Uh, so there's different modes of play what I just said it helped a little bit a little bit I mean your question was do the tracks (laughs) uh, at least that one track goes across all consistently it just might be like look a little bit differently but yeah I think there's a Bowser castle in each game too but they're set up a little differently type of track uh, Oddly enough, there's track. It have a lot of the spooky levels early on, but they didn't make a whole lot of new ones until Luigi's Mansion came out. Yeah, now Luigi's Mansion is uh, it appears as a course in a lot of them. There was Mm -hmm. that one back in like I don't know if it was the NES or the N sixty four one where it was like. Uh, almost like a ghost road where you're riding and everything is pitch black. And if you go through the barriers, you fall off the map. Yeah. Kind of like Rainbow Road, but you, you were chased by a ghost or something, or there's just ghosts everywhere. Kind of remind uh, me of. In Super Nintendo, there were. It was Ghost House or something mm-hmm. like that. And there were ghosts off in the distance, and a ghost was an item that you could use. Yeah. And steal. there are like holes in the road and stuff. Uh, modes of play, number one on the list is the Grand Prix. <laughs> Players compete in various cups, as uh, Dustin was just saying. Um, there are different difficulty levels based on the size of the engine. Larger engines means faster speeds. Before Mario Kart 8, there were four difficulties. Uh, 50, 100, 150, and 150cc mirror, mirror courses that were... Uh, see the circuits flipped horizontally originally a hundred cc mirror in 64 mario kart 8 added the difficulty for 200 cc's players earn points according to their finishing position in each race and the placement order gets carried over to the next race as the starting grid so where you start in position of when it says go is determined by the previous race at the end of the cup, the top three players with the most point overall will receive a trophy in bronze, silver, or gold. That's it. This was the Grand Prix. I mean, that's what you would mostly play by yourself besides mm-hmm. time trials. Yeah. Um, and I think they had like different incentives, like you had to get gold. And then mm-hmm. if you got gold in all of them, then you unlocked more characters or another course or something. More, that really cups. happened in Wii. Um that you could really start unlocking a whole bunch of stuff. The next thing was time trials. As I just said, the player races alone in order to finish any course at the fastest time possible. The best time is then saved as a ghost, which the player can then race against in later trials. Since Mario Kart double dash, a new function called staff ghosts is introduced. 
Staff ghosts are members of the Nintendo development team that set staff times for players to try to beat. Upon success, players will unlock expert staff ghosts, which only appeared in Mario Kart Wii and Mario Kart 7, which unlock characters, vehicles, and stamps once beaten, in addition to viewing ghost data. And those were always impossible to beat because I feel like they had all the codes and they cheated their way through. So <laughs> they developed the level so they know all the secrets yeah. and how to get through they it. The best course of action. Let me run an algorithm and be like, here's where I need to go. <laughs> the versus race. Multiple human players race against each other on any course with customized rules such as team racing and item frequency. The mode also included single player races and CPU controlled players to compete in versus races as well as well since Mario Kart DS, except for Mario Kart 7. Super Circuit, however, featured a quick run mode, which shared similarities with the um, VS versus races. I don't remember what that is, but yeah, cool. Um, then there's battle. We talked a lot about versus yeah. already. Yeah, uh, battle. Uh, multi, multiple human players use in-game offensive weapons uh, to battle each other in a closed arena. Each player starts with three balloons and loses a balloon with every hit sustained. The last player possessing at least one balloon wins. Different battle types were added as the series progressed, as well as single-player battles with CPU-controlled players. Starting with Mario Kart Wii, there is a time limit for each battle. For Mario Kart 8, the battles take place on race courses. Mario, oh. Ka- Mario Kart 8 Deluxe reintroduces dedicated arenas nice that's cool. and this is one mode that i did play quite a bit yeah this one was fun yeah this it was fun this mode yeah this yeah, is part of like dirty in a, in a way yeah that's more like square shaped mm-hmm. levels that you just it forces you to face each other all the time and it's very unique for a racing game to have something like this as part of the the, the game like it's uh like a first-person shooter type thing now yeah, that you got to fight against your friends and just sh- throw items at them. Yeah. I know for sure it really took off during uh, Mario Kart 64. That one was fun because even after you yep. died, it turned into a little bomb. So you could still yes. the outcome. You could go take out the person, and it's like you're invisible. Like they can hardly see you, so you can sneak up on someone and, and suicide bomb them. them. We had the music. Yeah, that was definitely one of the funnest parts. Sorry. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, music, largely composed by Kenta Nagata, Ryo Nagamalatsu, and Asuka Hayazaki. But that's a different discussion for a different podcast that I think you and I already recorded, Seth. This episode we did. 60. And Dustin and I are actually working on a spinoff podcast Ooh. called Green drink in geek ost where we talk about original soundtracks nice for movies and video games and uh, mario kart is going to be an episode that we're doing to kind of coincide with this one just to go off the rest of the series that we didn't talk about in the super nintendo episode yeah cool so look forward to that subscribe it's called drink in geek ost good deal took like but right 16, now we have another beer to drink like 16 hours to come up with that name <laughs> it did there were so many options i should publish a list there were so many me and keith are gonna do an anime podcast do it yeah we just uh, pale's actually watching anime now see i've watched uh 
three or four different ones. I'm currently watching uh, Kill La Kill, which is a very like perverted. Um, Most of them are so. <laughs> There's yeah, they are. They Tent- are tentacle weird. food porn. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. I think you guys need to drink something. Yeah, I'm very parched. I would like to remind you that you can follow us on our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Drinkin Geek Out. You can check out our website at www.drinkingeekout.com for updates on our pod, our blog, and the colorful reference models and the Geek IV references are there so you can actually know what the heck we're talking about. If you like the show, please like, comment, and subscribe uh, to the podcast and the uh, social media pages as well. Uh, feel free to reach out to us via email, drinkinggeekout at gmail.com with any comments, questions, and concerns uh, regarding the podcast. We also have a Patreon if you want to get on there. It's patreon.com slash drinkinggeekout. Uh, there's a few levels of you know support that you can do, especially giving show notes, uh, topics, and you know things like that, and a couple bonus episodes. Uh, you can also you know purchase T-shirts and all that jazz from us from our Threadless shop, which is drinkingeekout.threadless.com. We have masks, uh, anything like that. If any of our shirts or masks uh, that are centered around COVID. Uh, get purchased. So the we beer also that, that I bought the, the other day when I was at Sun King trying to get me some back uh, barrel aged donuts. I I want that 100%. And then I saw this one. I was like, what is that can? And he was like, oh, that's Genevieve. That is our Gen Con beer. And I was like, oh, good. I could still get that even though you guys didn't have Gen Con. Because <laughs> Sun, yeah. Sun King still made it. So. I have it. It is the official beer for gamers. <laughs> that makes uh, sense why we're drinking it. It really does. Yeah. And so it's fancy. We'll just get right into the can. There's a big Dargan on there. It is a red Dargan. I don't know the types of dragons. Someone's going to have to fill me in. Um, I'm not brushed up on my Harry Potter dragon skills. Oh, that is totally Drogon. He was always the red one. Game of Thrones? Hmm. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, but the rest of the... <laughs> I mean, it's, this dude is on the can everywhere. He's basically the can. There's a strip down the side that just says this is a Genevieve, which is the Belgian-style amber ale. And it's the official beer of Gen Con. That's all it says. Uh, Genevieve is a Belgian-style amber ale with maltiness, sweetness, fruity character, and a hint of spice. So a little bit about the beer, if we have something up at the top that I just kind of like jumped right past. Yep. 6% ABV, 23 IBUs, which is the number 23, I think. Yeah, the number 23. 23? Gen Con Beer 2020. Every summer, thousands of gamers from all over the globe flock to Indianapolis to take part in Gen Con, a yearly tabletop gaming convention, and every summer Sun King brews a beer to in tribute to the event. Due to the current events this year, the event won't take place in Indianapolis, but that doesn't mean we can't celebrate the spirit of Gen Con by brewing a beer. Uh, as Dustin said, it's a Belgian style voted by Gen Con fans, so I'm not sure where they vote, but that's cool that the fans get to decide the style. Multi-sweetness, fruity, sweet, and spicy character. 
pretty excited. And we've been sitting on Every- this for an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. I've been sipping on it, so I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to get warm before I even took my first sip. Right. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but I did. I always want to get read, this because yeah. they do it every year, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, "Oh, I'm going to go get the Gen Con beer," and this is the first one I've ever had. <laughs> right. We've even mentioned that before when we were at Brewhaven. They actually had the Gen Con beer there a couple years ago, and when we, when mm-hmm. we got to the Sun King table, they're like, "Oh no, we're already out." It's like, "Son we're of a out. bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you guys came to us, it and was, we still missed, missed it." Yeah. All right, so we already talked about the can and, and pretty much it's just a silver can with a sticker, but the sticker is pretty yeah. cool with the dragon like on there. One of those, it's kind of got like a shiny aspect in some areas, which is cool mm-hmm. for sure. And take a look at this bad boy. It is yeah. dark, but not that dark. It is like yeah, Star Lord's jacket dark. But it, yeah, it's got a nice deep red color. Yeah. yeah, I can see the the edge. There's a nice amber mm-hmm. red color. Yeah, it's like Donkey Kong's good... hair. <laughs> yeah, I, that was my first guess, but I think it's a little darker than that because you you really have to be in the sun to get the red elements to it. Yeah, it's almost like Frodo's cloak type of dark, or the Waker's. Blood, yeah, or the Walker's blood. Waker's. <laughs> I don't know. I've not yeah, seen the I'm show. green. The wankers. Number thirty-two. <laughs> you know? The wankers blood. <laughs> the wanking dead. The wanking dead. <laughs> uh, smell it. Smells boozy. Smells Belgiany. And it, yeah, it's sweet. I get sweetness. Mm-hmm. Not so much spicy, but I guess it's just on taste. If I if I. If I uh, inhale hard enough, I get a little spiciness on the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. But you got to really take a deep breath. Well, I'm ready to take a deep sip. Okay. It is warm on the taste. It's a little warm at this point, but <laughs> I mean, it's I definitely meant the, sweet. I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah, I got what you're saying. I but I was making a different point that it is temperature-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a sweet notes of cinnamon like a candy cinnamon yeah uh the fruitiness is kind of like um like a pitted fruit or like a a stone fruit type of sweetness to it like a little bit of sweetness but not overly sweet type of thing i think the spice i'm getting hints of like cherry i guess cherries have pits don't they yes Yes. so i guess we're both right (laughs) Had a few friends check this bad boy in. You have uh, what any hints overall? of smoke? What was that? Any hints of smoke? smoke? No. Not not noticeably, no. Mm-mm. On the nose, maybe? I'm just reading descriptions. Yeah, not not at all. No? No. Because I saw uh, Gone V6. Yeah, I saw that. Chris said that. I don't know. Uh, we have 340 unique check-ins, 314 ratings at a 373 average. Mm-hmm. I see uh, 373 total check-ins with a 3.73 average. That's pretty funny. It is. It's really nice. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin that. Uh, we have to 
uh, increase the average if we check it in. Yeah. So it's got to do it. <laughs> matches up. Yep. So as stated with uh, Mr. Gombe 6 had that comment about the smoke. He checked it in at a four and a four uh, and a four. He tried it three times. You better check it one more time and give it another four. Yep. Four fours. Four, four. And then my friend Katie, uh, she gave it a four as well. No comment, just a four. But yeah, it looks like Mr. Gonvy Six had it there. He had it in a flight and then a couple cans. So he's he he seems to be a fan. Multi breadness with a chewy feel from Belgian yeast. Very interesting. Love ale, love Belgian. Love this beer. Sister brought it in a growler when she came home for the week. Four and a half. I see uh, somebody rated it a 3.25 and said, wow, it's like drinking a perfumed red ale. Not kidding. It's ladies' perfume. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. guess they don't like the I've spices. I've never drank perfume before. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, miss Gen Con this year. This was pretty solid, though. Mm -hmm. I just want to reply, you didn't miss much, bud. <laughs> we all missed it. <laughs> Maybe they missed it emotionally. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way. Yeah, the, the, a lot of these check-ins from, like, yesterday or two days ago. Have you any guys heard of Donuts and Dragons? I saw that. Somebody checked it in from there. Yeah, it's a donut shop that mm -hmm. sells coffee craft beer and then has like board games dang I'm like oh, that's cool. a pretty sweet sweet spot mm -hmm. somebody checked in this beer at uh, that place yeah I and they sell beer too so I've not been there but I've heard of it sounds like either you like this beer or you don't people are kind of like giving it around fours and then there's a lot of twos that I'm finding yeah. they're not a fan of the spices and the flavor I mean it tastes unique but it tastes like a belgian so if you know what a belgian tastes like you should know what you're expecting yeah that seems to be a major description here doesn't taste like an ipa that's for sure yeah, that's yeah. true that's the best part i checked it in <laughs> i'm working on it i'll get it going then just to you know get through the process i gave it a 375 it's and this could really be because it was sitting out for an hour and 10 minutes before we had it. Um, it's boring to me. It's just a Belgian, like a mix between a Belgian and a red ale. It's just, I'm just yeah. I don't know, drinking, I don't know, Achilles right now. That's the way it feels. Mm. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's no bite, there's no like overwhelming booziness that I expect from a Belgian. Um, it's just I'm drinking a a Killian's. Not mad about it, but it's it's not overwhelming to me. It's not very exciting. Yeah, from the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, not saying I'm not gonna drink it, but. I, I don't know. I I guess this beer had a lot of hype to it because it is a Gen Con beer, official beer for the the geeks, and for the I, gamers, the gamers. I'm a little, I wouldn't say disappointed. It's it doesn't still, taste enough. It doesn't taste enough like Code Red. Yeah, <laughs> gamer fuel. <laughs> Mountain Dew. I don't know. 
play Halo all night. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. I gave it a different score than Dustin. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, 4.25. Really? What? Wow. Uh, it was better when it was cold when I first started drinking it like an hour ago. <laughs> but um, I think it's a step up from Achilles in my opinion. I l- I'm enjoying the sweetness and like the almost like candy cherry notes I'm pulling out of it now that it's warmed up. So I think yeah. it's a, uh, it's it is a Belgian. It just kind of tastes like that. A, Bel- a amber Belgian. It's not a surprise, but I really like it. So That's I think good. it deserves a pretty good score. I'm glad you liked it. It's better than Killian's. I just said it's like drinking a Killian's. Just don't put words in my yeah. mouth. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like drinking a better Killian's. Yeah, I don't know. It's very. I don't know. I just it's boring to me, and that's probably because I had it sitting. I do have a couple more cans that I will be drinking cold, but I might update my score. And you can later. edit your check in if you need to. Yeah, but for right now, it's just cool. I'm glad I had it. Yeah, check it off the list. Yep. Oh, plus you got to give it an extra point for the can. Oh the yeah, 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 yeah. Let me edit that. I'll give it a four. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a dragon. Point five zero. Or just give it a five. I mean, it has a dragon on it. Like, what's better than a dragon? Like, you so, have so many issues yeah. with it. Just give it a five. I mean, the beer like sucks. It's terrible. I don't really like the beer, but the can is so cool. I give it a five. <laughs> I think Untapped should do like a, a side app where you just r- rank the labels. <laughs> Label ratings. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, a secondary little uh, scrolly bar that you can check in. Just oh, you have your beer rating and then your artwork. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I bumped it up half a quarter, a quarter <laughs> of a bottle cap for the label. It's now a four. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud. Fair. I even put it in the description that I did that when on the post. <laughs> <laughs> that I, did. I had to edit this because I like the can so much. Yeah, <laughs> label saved this beer. It really did. The label is really cool. I, I saw it. I yeah, I like it. It's, it's good artwork. It really is. We'll do a uh, episode that ranks the Gen Con labels. We'll find all of the Gen Con beer labels and drink them. That'd be nice. If we can find them. Yeah, for sure. But all right. I think that's it. Uh, takeaways from the episode is I'm going to go out and look for a used game store and try to buy the Wii U version of this game. Uh, as a heads up, I bought the Wii version of this a month ago because I didn't own it. Really? Yeah. I've played it a ton at somebody's house, but I never personally owned it, so I went ahead and bought it. It didn't come with the wheel, which I don't care about. Oh, I got the wheel. Oh, you saw that in my photo. <laughs> I had it set now. Mm-hmm. So was it like cheaper? Was it on sale? Like You just bought it? Was there... Uh, it was like 20 bucks on Amazon for the Wii version, not the Wii U version. Yeah, the Wii U version on Amazon is 60 bucks. Yeah. So I wanted to find like a, I don't know, GameStop that, I'll just go to GameStop and I'm going to see if they have it there in the used game section. I was like, I got to find a used game section place. I don't know, like a disc rewind. Oh, just go to GameStop. <laughs> Those exist. Disc replay. Yeah, they still yeah, disc replay. They'll still exist. So that's my takeaway. Uh, or just buy a Switch. McVans. Ooh, yeah. buy them, beat them, trade them. Yes. <laughs> I have to convince the wife that it's cool to buy a Switch. 
Because she just bought a car. It is so really cool. Like, it, it it's cool. I need to definitely go out and buy a Mario Kart Deluxe for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my takeaway. I'm just going to get back on my Super Nintendo Classic, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take a shot every time I miss my <laughs> items in the game, and uh, and then if I'm the first lap, if I'm not first in any of my races, I'm taking a shot of uh, Moonshine. <laughs> And uh, I'm just going to black out on the carpet. Perfect. That's my takeaway. Perfect. Sounds like a good day. Keep a bucket. Keep I a cannot, bucket nearby. You just race with Logan. I might be better than you. Oh, I'm sure he is. But <laughs> Okay. Awesome. Oh, good to see you guys are in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like social distancing. Yeah. It seems like the, getting at the table. If you can't see, it's, it's kind of towards the back. It's in- <laughs> It's like an invisible like glass window, yeah. um, but you just can't see it. It's a uh, we had that Wonder Woman technology that it just like <laughs> makes it. <laughs> We're one step closer to being back in the same room, mm-hmm. even though the pandemic. I guess I could have gone to Dustin's. You probably could have. But already, well, wrapping it up. Until next time, drink up, drink up, <laughs> and geek out. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Geek, geek out. Hello. Ow. Hello. Hello. I said it slow enough that you can all say it with me, but I feel like I just said, oh, like, why? Like I didn't know what I was Whoa. saying. <laughs>